Good morning and welcome to all of you that are watching online this morning. Uh, we're happy to say that uh, we are broadcasting today with interpretation for our deaf congregation. So welcome to our deaf congregation and those of you that are deaf that are watching around the nation and maybe even around the world this morning. So we want to welcome everyone. Uh, we hope you're safe. We hope you're healthy this morning. And we're going to jump right into the message. You know, there are moments in our lives that are not only moments that define us, but there are moments that refine us. This crisis that we're currently facing is one of those moments. What we're experiencing, not only in our nation, but around the world, is absolutely unprecedented. There is absolutely no roadmap to follow because we've never been down this road before, at least not in most of our lifetimes. When I think about life, I think about how life is filled with unexpected things. There are moments in life when we have incredible joy and gladness. And then there are times in our life where we are overwhelmed with sadness and sorrow. There are moments in our life when the stars seem to align and everything is going our way. And then there are times in our life when it feels like all hell has broken loose and life is one battle after another. I want you to know that wherever you are today and whatever you're going through, we are praying for you. We're praying for you during this crisis. I realize that some of you watching today feel utterly overwhelmed by what's going on. You're totally uncertain about what the future holds. Some of you are not being paid even as I preach this morning. Some of you are alone physically because your family and your friends don't even live in this area or the area that you're living in. They're far, far away. And so I want to open today by giving you one piece of advice, and here it is. My piece of advice is that it's important that none of us try to navigate this crisis alone. I want to encourage you to find a way, any way, to connect with family and friends, whether it's through email or social media or maybe through FaceTime or even by just picking up your phone and calling people. Because it's very important that we stay connected to each other during this time. Today I want to talk for a few moments about crossing over crisis. Crossing over crisis. I want you to turn your Bible this morning to the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 1. And while you're turning there, let me just talk to you a moment about the word crisis. The word crisis first entered the English Dictionary in 1425, that was a long time ago. And as I was researching for this message, I found it interesting that the word crisis originally referred to the turning point in a disease. Wow. Never more appropriate, huh? The turning point in a disease. In fact, that word crisis was borrowed from the Greek and the Latin words that mean to separate, to decide, and to judge. So here's what a crisis is. A crisis is a decisive moment in our lives or a turning point in our lives that separates things either for better or for worse. Let me read it again. A crisis is a decisive moment. It is a turning point that separates things for better or for worse. Let me say it to you another way. In the midst of the crisis that we're going through, our response as believers will either help our community or it will hinder our community. 
Our response as believers will either cause our light for Christ to shine and it will distinguish us from everyone else in our nation or it will make the problem worse. You see, when we're facing a crisis in our lives, every one of us needs a due north compass setting. A setting that guides us, that enables us to cross over to the other side of difficult times. So now let's go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, and let's read the text. Here it is. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land that I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. So be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave to you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right nor to the left, for then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continuously. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything that is written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. For this is my command to you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The book of Joshua begins with one statement that gets repeated over and over and over again. Here's the statement. Do not be afraid. Now that's interesting to me because when I think of Joshua, I think of a guy who was the epitome of strength and courage. I mean, he was like the poster child for strength and courage. He was this strapping, great, brave guy, right? Maybe not. Because in this opening conversation, God is trying to convince Joshua to be strong and courageous. My point is this, that if Joshua was naturally strong, if he was naturally courageous, then God wouldn't be having this conversation with him. So here's what we know about Joshua at this point in his life when he's facing a crisis. He is not strong and he is not courageous. And so in these verses, God is showing Joshua the posture that he will need to walk out of the crisis and into his destiny. What is that posture? It's a posture of strength and courage. But you know what? That strength and that courage wasn't going to come from inside of Joshua because we already know he didn't possess it. 
God was saying to Joshua, I will give you my strength. I will give you my courage. Some of you that feel weak today, some of you that in the midst of this crisis lack courage, God wants you to know that he's going to give you what you need. I don't know about you, but it gives me great hope to realize today that Joshua was actually a coward. How many of us have read this book, the book of Joshua, and we've read it over and over again, and we've said to ourselves, you know what, I'm nothing like Joshua. You know what, in reality, we're just like Joshua, because Joshua felt weak, and Joshua felt afraid. But here's the cool thing, God changed him. God changed him. At the beginning of this story, he needed strength and courage. But look at this. By the end of the story, Joshua has become the very definition of what it means to be strong and courageous. That's why people name their sons Joshua today. And I want you to know that the same thing can happen to you. Now, when we open the story, the first line starts out very ominously. Here it is. Moses, my servant, is what? Dead. That is never a good way to start any story, right? What a way to start. For Joshua and Israel, what that line is saying is that their future was very uncertain. Why? Because Moses was the only thing that they had ever known. He was the only leader that they had ever had. It was Moses who parted the Red Sea. It was Moses who climbed up on Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments. It was Moses who held the staff in his hand. And it was Moses who was called the friend of God. Who was Joshua? Joshua was comfortable being the sidekick, not the man. He was the sidekick, not the man. I have to be honest with you. That's how I felt when I took over as the lead pastor of Life Church eight months ago. I woke up on that first Monday morning and I thought to myself, Pastor Kevin is gone and I'm it, right? But here's what I love about God. God never skirts or talks around issues. In this opening chapter of Joshua, he hits Joshua's fears head on. There comes a time in our life when we have to decide where we're going to stand, especially when a crisis hits, especially in moments when it feels like everything that we have trusted in has just been turned upside down and everything we trusted in may actually be gone. And so in this moment, God speaks to Joshua and here's what he says to him. He says, Joshua, gather the people together and get ready to, note this line, cross over the crisis because I am giving you the land and every place your feet touch. Wow. It was a word of hope. God was letting them know that they were going to get to the other side, that they would indeed cross over the crisis. By the way, this wasn't the first crisis that the Israelites had faced. And it's not the first crisis that many of you have faced. At one point in their history, the Israelites were pinned against the Red Sea with Pharaoh's armies breathing down their neck, ready to slaughter them. 
And then God opened up the Red Sea. When they were out in the wilderness, they ran out of water. And so God made water come out of a rock. Then they were in the wilderness, and they ran out of food, and God made it rain down quail. What's my point? Every single time that Israel was in a jam, God came through. He provided. We, all of us, have gone through crisis before. We just don't remember it. In fact, let me give you a couple of illustrations. Do you remember Y2K? Yeah, the year 2000. At midnight, computers were supposed to shut down all over the world, and planes were supposed to automatically fall from the sky. In fact, the fear was so rampant that people were building doomsday shelters. People were stocking up on last-day water and rations, and many people removed all of their money from the bank. Now, I wish I could say that all of those people were non-believers. But unfortunately, there were just as many believers that were paralyzed by the fear of Y2K. Friends, when there is a crisis... We must have a posture that demonstrates our absolute faith and confidence in God. Because we get to choose the compass of our life. We get to choose what direction we're going to go in. And so we can't be consumed by fear with this crisis. Then along came 2001, and America experienced the tragedy of 9-11. Then there was the SARS outbreak. And then if you're 15 years of age or older... You may not realize it, but you've already been through a global pandemic. It was called the H1N1 virus. It was in 2009. It was also referred to as the swine flu. And during that time, 21% of the entire world, that 70 million people were infected by that virus. In the United States alone, nearly 13,000 people died. In the midst of that crisis, there was tragedy, but then there was triumph. In other words, we overcame it. I want you to know something. You've been through more than you think. And you've overcome more than you realize, and you're stronger than you think. That's why I want to tell you today that you will make it through this moment in history. In the midst of this crisis, I want to challenge you, Life Church, to make a couple of choices. And here's the first one. We need in this hour to choose courage over fear. Choose courage over fear. Why do I say that? Because the very first posture that people are tempted to take when a crisis hits is always fear. Always. Why? Because we're human. That's what we do. That's why we need to purge the urge towards fear. I want you to get that in your spirit. Today, I want you to make a commitment. I'm going to purge my urge towards fear. This is why God told Joshua, be strong and of good courage. That whatever circumstances you're facing right now because of this crisis... Joshua, you'll get through it. And God is saying the same thing to us. We'll get through it. He's saying, be strong and courageous. Why would God say that? Because I believe that in a moment of crisis, all that Joshua could see was what he was not. 
and what he didn't have. But God saw what Joshua would become, and God saw how he was going to provide for Joshua. As believers, we are called to be courageous when it's hard. And the only way to do that is if we stand together as one body. Now, if you're at risk for this virus, I want to just tell you right now, be wise. I said this last week. Follow the guidelines from health officials. Stay at home. Let other people care for you. But here's the key. Don't live in fear. We want to be there as a body for you. Those of us who are not at risk want to serve you. We want to help you. If you need someone to get groceries for you or medicine for you, call our church office or email the church at info at lifechurchag.com and just let us know. And we'll do everything we can to mobilize and get whatever you need to you. I also want you to know that our food pantry is still open. So this Tuesday at the North Campus, this Thursday at our South Campus, the food pantries will be open. We have people that are in gloves and masks walking the food out in boxes and putting it directly in people's cars for maximum safety. Why are we doing that? Because we continue to serve people because they need help. The church can't go AWOL. We can't disappear. We'll make it through this. And I guarantee you, there will be a day soon when we'll look back and we will realize that we were stronger than we thought we were. Second, we need to choose peace over panic. Choose peace over panic. So God tells Joshua over and over again, be strong, and then he even adds the word very. He says, be very courageous. Why? Because you're getting ready to cross over, Joshua. And then he shifts the conversation, and he says the following to Joshua. Look at this. Be careful to obey all the law Moses, my servant, gave you. Do not turn. Some of you are tempted right now to turn. God says, do not turn to the right or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law on your lips. Hear that today. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. What was God telling Joshua? He was saying, Joshua, you need to have courage, right? But Joshua, to inform your courage, you are also going to need wisdom. And we get wisdom by doing what? By meditating on the Word of God day and night. Because when we meditate on the Word of God, here's what happens. It enables us to choose peace over panic. You already know this. People in our community, people in our nation are panicking. They are afraid. That's sad. And that's why it's even more important for those of us who are followers of Jesus to choose peace over panic. Friends, this is our opportunity to express our courage and faith in Jesus and bring peace and calm into this crisis situation. It's our opportunity to pray with people. Call people up on the phone that you know. Pray with them. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 tells us to do this. Look at this scripture. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. What are we supposed to do? Pray. 
Offer prayer. Offer supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. This is the posture of believers. You see, God is giving us an option today. We can choose to be anxious or we can choose the option of prayer, which will bring us peace. So I want to encourage you, meditate on the Word of God. Remind yourself that God can be trusted. Guess what? COVID-19 was not a surprise to God. So as believers, we need to take control over what we can control. And then we need to let God handle all the rest. So choose peace over panic. And then third, I want to challenge you to choose generosity over hoarding. Generosity over hoarding. This week, grocery stores were ravaged. You've seen it on TV. You've watched the pictures. People have emptied the shelves of bottled water and toilet paper and all kinds of other stuff. And the reason I mention this to you is because in moments of crisis, people move towards hoarding instead of helping. Let me say it again. In moments of crisis, people their natural tendency is to move towards hoarding instead of helping. I challenge you, instead of hoarding what you have, offer it to others. If you have a lot, share it with people that don't have any. If you're one of those people that has 50,000 rolls of toilet paper sitting in your garage and your neighbor has none, share it, please. Why is this important? Because the way that we as Christians distinguish ourselves as being different is by being generous rather than hoarding, by bringing peace rather than panic, and by bringing courage rather than fear. Now, there's one other interesting thing that God tells Joshua. He not only tells him to be strong and courageous, he not only tells him do not be afraid, but then he adds this line. He says, do not be discouraged because I am with you wherever you go. I want you to hear the tenderness of the voice of God in that verse. Joshua, do not be discouraged. Son, don't be discouraged. What's interesting is this. God didn't reprimand, God didn't demean, nor did God diminish Joshua's fear. He didn't reprimand, demean, or diminish Joshua for being afraid. Isn't that cool? God understands our emotional makeup. He knows that at times that we fall to fear. And so God could have come to Joshua and he said, Joshua, what's the matter with you? You're a warrior, for goodness sake. Buck up. But God doesn't do that. He simply says, Joshua, don't be discouraged. He acknowledges what Joshua is feeling. And then he tells Joshua, Joshua, I've got you. I've got you. Can you hear the Father say that to you today? I've got you. You don't need to be afraid. There's a reason I believe that God told Joshua not to be afraid. Because as believers, we all know that we're not supposed to be afraid, right? The Bible tells us over and over again, 62 times in the scripture, it says, fear not, right? We know that we're not supposed to be afraid. But whenever we feel fear, 
something happens. We start feeling bad. We start feeling bad because we know we're not supposed to be afraid. We, we know that we're supposed to be courageous, but we're not being courageous. And then we start to beat ourselves up because we're not the mighty man or the mighty woman of faith that we want to be in that moment. And at that point, the enemy of our souls jumps in and he begins to beat us with discouragement and say, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never be the kind of Christian that you should be. You'll never be a mighty man or woman of God. And I think in that moment, that's the way Joshua felt. And so God says to him, Joshua, don't be discouraged. Can I tell you today, if you're feeling overwhelmed by fear, don't be discouraged. When you find yourself making wrong choices along the way, don't be discouraged. When you haven't stepped up to the plate, like you feel you should have. Don't be discouraged. Why? Because God is always going to be there to give you another opportunity to cross over. Last week, we made the decision that we would hold our weekend services. So we met in this place last weekend. Here's the reason I did that. I did that because I didn't want whatever decision we as Life Church made to be confused by the outside world or any of our people as being a decision made out of panic or fear. I wanted people to know that this church is here for you. But this week, as we watched the unfolding reports, as our officials asked us not to gather in groups of 10 or more, we realized that we didn't want to put people at risk. We realized that the wise thing to do would be to go exclusively online here at Life Church. But I want you to know that we made that decision as a response to this crisis, not a reaction. Not a reaction. And so we went exclusively online. Public officials asked that all non-essential gatherings be canceled. And, and when I heard that, it bothered me because in my thinking, the church is not a non-essential gathering. The church is the most essential gathering that there is in all the planet. People are going to the grocery store to find water and toilet paper, to find food and supplies. But my question is, where do people go to find hope? Because that's what they really need in this hour, hope. And so at Life Church, we want to make sure that people who are hurting, that people who are afraid, that people who need hope know where to go. That's where, why we're providing exclusive online content every single day of the week from this place. So what am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to reach out to your neighbors and take care of them. If you have elderly neighbors, check on them. Make sure that they have what they need. Friends, let's be selfless and generous during this time. Let's be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. Let's make sure that the choices we're making are driven by serving others and not self-preservation. Make sure that your choices are being driven by serving others, not self-preservation. Why? 
because it is our moral responsibility to serve our community and the people that are in our communities rather than preserve ourselves. Because it is through our witness that people are going to see Jesus. And I believe that all this is leading up to something. I believe God is shaking everything that he can shake right now. Because he is trying to awaken his church, which has been slumbering. And I believe that God is doing all of this because we are on the precipice of a great harvest of souls. If we, the church, will wake up, if we will be selfless, if we will love not our lives unto death. I I wish we could be together in this sanctuary today because I miss all of you. But I want you to know we'll be together soon. It's been exciting to see that we actually have, last weekend and all through this week, we have more people right now that are coming together online than we have ever had inside our two campus buildings in the entire history of our existence. This past Wednesday night for our furnace prayer meeting, we had 1,280 people that watched the entire broadcast. That's more than our weekend services. We had over 2,800 people that watched a portion of it. Last weekend, we had record numbers of people online watching our service. What am I saying? You were made for this moment. We, the body of Christ, were made for this moment. Because God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but rather the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. God has given you, my friend, everything you need to rise up in this moment, to be light in this hour for those that desperately need Christ. So make sure you're okay. Make wise decisions. But then I want you to think of someone else and I want you to serve them. I want you to reach out to other people in our body and beyond our body that you know. Because although we can't gather together, as the body of Christ, we must still move as one together. Friend, this is not the time to to check out and go away. This is the time to check in. This is the time to get more connected than you've ever been. This is the moment for us to be the church to be bold, to be courageous, to think about how we can serve others and how we can serve our community. And I want you to know that Life Church is doing that. Joshua began this story afraid, and he finished it as the definition of courage and strength. Can I tell you something? Joshua's story can become your story today. Joshua's story can become your story today. A story of courage, a story of faith, a story of strength. You have more inside of you than you think. Let me tell you something. The only way that I believe Joshua could find the strength and the courage that he needed is that he understood something. God was calling him to step into this destiny and it wasn't about him. 
It wasn't about Joshua personally crossing over the Jordan River. In times like this, we want to hunker down and we want to think it's all about us. But it wasn't about Joshua personally crossing over the Jordan River. It was about him helping, get this, an entire nation cross over the Jordan. It wasn't about him finding his future, but helping others cross over and find their future. It wasn't about his freedom. It was about the freedom of an entire nation. In this moment, what we as the church do isn't about us. It's about our nation. Our best moments in life are the moments when we don't live for ourselves. Our best moments in life are the moments when we give our lives away. Our best moments are when we rise above our fears and we choose faith. Our best moments are when we don't allow ourselves to be defined by crisis, but by our courage. By our courage. Friends, you can remind the world today that the future is full of hope. Wherever you are today, I want to pray for you now. I want to pray for you that God will fill you with strength and courage and faith and wisdom and that you will cross over into victory. I can't wait until we are able to be together again so I can hug every one of you. And we can celebrate together knowing that we crossed over. We faced the crisis. We were victorious. We made a difference. I also want to say this. You may be listening to this broadcast today and you have not trusted Jesus with your life. I want to give you an opportunity right now in whatever space you're in, wherever you're watching this, whatever you're doing, to give your life to Jesus, to say, Jesus, I need you. And so right now, wherever you're watching me from, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You've never asked him to forgive you of your sins. Whisper the words right now, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me. I need you. That's all you need to do, and you need to mean it in your heart. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I need you. And Jesus will meet you in this moment. He promised Joshua, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And that promise is for you today. So call on his name. Today, if you just whispered those words, we're going to put a number up on the screen that you can text. And we would love to send you some materials in the mail that will help you in your new relationship with Jesus will help you to grow, will help you to learn more about the decision that you just made. So if you text that number that they're putting up on the screen, we'll make sure that you get that information. I also want you to know, for those of you that are watching online, you may be in this area, you may be out of state, somewhere in the nation, somewhere around the world. Message us. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know if this has been a blessing to you today. And now I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God will give you strength, courage, faith, and wisdom. Lord, I thank you that you still sit firmly on the throne 
regardless of what's happening in our world. And I thank you today, Jesus, for every person that is listening, that has heard these words out of the book of Joshua, to be strong and courageous. Lord, may you fill people with strength and courage today because we admit to you, God, that we are weak and we often lack courage in a crisis. We receive your encouragement today. Lord, I know there are people that are watching this broadcast right now and they're not being paid and they're not able to go to work and they don't know how they're going to pay their bills and they don't know what the future holds. Lord, may you speak to them right now. Holy Spirit, may you begin to just minister to them in this moment. May your peace be upon them and their children and their family. God, we bless them right now. God, bless them. Provide for them. Take care of every need. God, I pray for all of the children, children that may be afraid. I pray, Lord, that you would bring peace to their hearts. I pray that you would help parents to know what to say to their kids, that they would assure them that you are in control of everything and that you are watching over and guiding and caring for your people. Just like you cared for Israel, you're going to care for us. And so, Lord, we take all of our anxieties and all of our worries and all of our fears and we cast them at your feet today. And I ask that right now, Lord, a wave of your love would go out through the screen and I pray that it would begin to touch people and that your love being poured into people's lives would move all of that fear out. That it would cause that fear, that anxiety, that worry to run away from people. And what they're left with is your love and your peace. And This is what I pray, Lord Jesus. In your mighty and wonderful name, Amen and amen. I want to say God bless you. Continue to watch for exclusive online content coming to you every single day of the week. Next weekend, we'll be here again at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and to, to bring you this broadcast. So God bless you. Keep safe. And we love you.